do hem us in all the way around, Lord, and you are our provider, our protector, our redeemer and friend. Lord, thank you for bringing me back safely from vacation and my family, Lord. Uh, it's good to be home, uh, Jesus. And uh, to some degree, Lord, thank you for the Jets and thank you for the Eagles. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Now, I didn't say anything, but you already know where I stand as far as that's concerned. Um, so this morning, I really want to talk to you guys about um, uh, Sukkot, which is uh, the Festival of Booths which is one of the highest holidays in uh, Jewish tradition. The Judeo-Christian tradition really doesn't um, focus too much on the Jewish high holidays. There's really no continuity there, um, but that doesn't mean that there shouldn't be. Uh, so there are seven high holidays uh, that are true to the um, uh, to the Ju Ju Jewish tradition, Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Breads, the Feast of First Fruits, Pentecost, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. Uh, where we pick up today is in the book of Leviticus. The people of God have been freed from 400 years of slavery, okay? And Moses, as their deliverer, has led them now for about 40 years wandering in the desert. And um, while they're in the desert, I mean, I can only imagine uh, just what they're going through, right? They're, they're leaving home and they're entering into this promised land, which they've only heard about. They're, they're living in this tension of uh, expectancy and joy. They are tired because they've been slaves. They're emotionally fatigued and borderline traumatized some of them. They're filled with questions about their future and about their leader. And they're wavering a lot of times we see in the narrative and in the text between being grateful for their freedom and being annoyed. Right? Anybody ever been there? Lord, you set me free, but now I'm annoyed. I'm broker than I was before. Or I have less friends than I used to have, right? Or back in the day, it looked good, but now I don't know what to make of any of this. The authorship of the book of Leviticus is attributed to Moses. Um, that along with the rest of the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, the book of Leviticus speaks about the different types of offerings and continues to build upon the holiness code for the people of Israel. Rules, regulations, and appointed feasts. And that's where we're at in Leviticus 23. So, so the Lord makes sure to tell the Jewish people to party. Somebody say party. All right. The, the, the Lord makes sure that you're going to have at least seven parties. Today at sundown marks the beginning of Sukkot. In the Jewish year, 5,776. And at nightfall of October the 4th, which is also a Sabbath day, uh, not necessarily falling on a Sabbath, but just the same type of requirements of a Sabbath, um, is when Sukkot ends. Sukkot is the plural of sukkah, which means tabernacles or booths. The festival of Sukkot could be translated as the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booths. 
And during the existence of the temple in Jerusalem, it was one of the times where all of the people of Israel traveled to Jerusalem on the pilgrimage, so on a pilgrimage, so that you know people would get together and party all at once. There's two main reasons for the festival. The first reason is because it marks the end of a season. It marks the end of the agricultural season. All right. Some people believe that the pilgrims, when there's some similarities between Sukkot and Thanksgiving, which is upon us, uh, think that there's a connection there because the pilgrims were not, you know, by and large, people that did not know God, but that were strictly, you know, to some degree, Christians, you know, uh, the Christians of their time. Uh, and some people believe that there's a link between the two. They wanted to celebrate the pilgrims on, on uh, the harvest, the end of the harvest, and they borrowed from the scriptures, the Judeo tradition, on what can we do, and that's how Thanksgiving was born. Some people believe that. But also, the second reason is that it helps the Israelites remember God's faithfulness for them during the 40 years that they wandered in the desert. There's a scripture in the Bible that says that uh, their shoes did not wear out and that their feet did not swell, that the Lord was with them through the entire time. It, it, it says that, you know, they ended up for 40 years wandering, something that would have taken them three weeks to cross because of their negligence and uh, their disobedience and their attitude. Somebody say attitude. And, but somehow, despite that, the Lord does his best work. Right? Despite their attitude, their grumbling, the, the scriptures call it being stiff-necked, right? The Lord does his best work. I think that that's connected to the New Testament idea that it is in our weakness that Christ's power is perfected. But it does not say, and it does not mean, and I hope you're not hearing me say, that we would sin so that grace would abound. But grace does abound where sin is present. And grace does abound where we fall short. And the Israelites knew that personally for 40 years. Let me get through this quickly. And, that, and, and this festival was, the Lord set it aside so that the people would remember God's faithfulness during that time. So two reasons, right? To mark the end of a season and also to remember God's faithfulness. This is the passage where it comes from. So beginning with the 15th day of the seventh month after you've gathered the crops of the land. So after the end of uh, the season, celebrate the festival to the Lord for seven days. The first day is a day of Sabbath rest and the eighth day also is a day of Sabbath rest. And the, and the eighth day is also a day of Sabbath rest. On the first day, you are to take branches from luxuriant trees, from palms, willows and other leafy trees and rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. Before the Lord your God for seven days. Celebrate this as a festival to the Lord for seven days each year. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come. Celebrate it in the seventh month. 
live in temporary shelters for seven days. All native-born Israelites are to live in such shelters. So your descendants will know that I had the Israelites live in temporary shelters when I brought them out of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Sukkot is the plural for the word sukkah. And sukkah is not a permanent structure. It is a semi... Eh, it's a tent, basically. And, and, and I'll show you a picture of one in a little bit. Um, and during this holiday, it was just a representation, symbolic, of the Lord taking care of the people of Israel for 40 years in the desert. And for them to live in places that could be easily torn down, picked up, and that they could easily just move. Remember that the, the, the cloud by day and fire by night is what the Israelites followed, right? And so whenever the cloud moved, they moved. Whenever the fire moved, they moved. And, and so they were instructed to do these things with the, uh, the leaves and, uh, and we'll see in a little bit of fruit and um, to spend as much time as possible with their families in the sukkah. Somebody say sukkah. All right, not to be confused with sukkah. All right, sukkah. All right, and, um, and so people ate, ate meals there. They were encouraged to eat meals in the sukkah, right? And they were encouraged to, you know, uh, some, some, some places equated to how the Christians, some Christians uh, decorate a Christmas tree, right? Uh, the Jewish people kind of spend time decorating their sukkah. It's like their high holiday to, to do things with their hands, right? And to, and, to, and to bring family together and spend time in, in the sukkah, remembering God's faithfulness through all generations. And even then, here, this is a, a sukkah true vine style, all right? This is a sukkah that Jim built with his manly hands at Tyson Ave. Um, he spent this week building it. Uh, it's not one of those doomsday prepper things, um, but it is a, a, a temporary structure that um, he's actually going to be talking about more later in the week. On Tuesday, if you want to learn more about this, I... Uh, you can go to the Tyson Ave campus. They're going to have some snacks, some refreshments. And uh, Jim's going to be teaching more about this Jewish practice. Um, so it's on three sides. It's supposed to be temporary, so don't judge it. It's supposed to look flimsy, all right? And uh, this is a, a modern-day sukkah, true vine style. Um, and these are the fruits that the Bible talked about in that, in that passage. The lulav and the etrog, it's four species. It's called, uh, the etrog was a citrus lemon-like fruit native to Israel. Uh, a palm branch, two willow branches, and three myrtle branches. And these were to be waved in six directions. That's weird, right? This, these were to be uh, waved in six directions to symbolize that God is everywhere and that there is nowhere that we can go outside of his care. So they pointed it to the north, they pointed it to the south, the east and to the west, and above them and below them. Six places. And year after year, they were reminded of God's care for them during the 40 years that they wandered in the desert. And year after year, they would tell their story to their kids so that the descendants would know year after year, God is faithful. 
Can you say that with me? God is faithful. God is faithful. And year after year, they were reminded, right? And in the Passover, they told the story again, right? That God was faithful. He saved us. He spared us. On the Day of Atonement, they were reminded, God is faithful. He shed blood on our behalf. Say it with me. God is faithful. So if you want to learn more about uh, Sukkot, check out um, our Sukkah at 7 p.m. this Tuesday at the Tyson Ave campus. All right. So what does this have to do with me? Amidst the Israelites' national homelessness, they were homeless as a nation. You ever thought about that? A whole nation was homeless. They were in the tension between the what used to be and the what could be. The land of Egypt and the promised land. And they lived for 40 years in that tension. And I get the sense that although God had promised them a land, a promised land, that this plot of land that he had promised them was only a foreshadowing of their ultimate home. The ultimate home that could only be found in him. Their ultimate home that wasn't a place of milk and honey. The milk and honey was just a foreshadowing of the goodness and the mercy and the compassion of God. Of, of how he would bestow on them time after time and shower them, you're not with me, with love. For me today, this has personal significance. For my family, it has personal significance. After seven years of ministry here at True Vine, um, we've sensed that the Lord has, has asked us to take next steps. Um, we've been at True Vine for, for seven years, and we have two opportunities um, in our future, uh, both of which that we are can, will be engaging this week. Um, we have an opportunity on the other side of the country, uh, in, outside of Seattle, and um, we also have an opportunity right here in eastern Pennsylvania. Um, it's been seven years. Uh, the Lord's really done a lot of cool stuff, but to some degree, it's just eerie how it falls on Sukkot. The end of a season, right? For us personally, the end of a season and, and the beginning of a new one. Um, the end of a season needs to happen before a new season can begin. And it's necessary. We didn't arrive at this decision fast we didn't get there quickly. It took us a while. We prayed, fasted, 
And um, believe we're getting the green light uh, to, to move ahead um, and, move, and, and take some next steps. So, um, so next week we visit Washington State and we take a break uh, for a day. And on Thursday we visit this other place uh, in Musick. Pennsylvania, which is six miles outside of Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, about five weeks ago, we agreed to an eight to 12 week timeline along with our leadership. Um, and uh, we agreed that today we would make this announcement, uh, that September 27th would be the day that we made this announcement, that on, and, and we would do this at both campuses, and on October 11th, we would, uh, that I would preach at both campuses again, and that on October the 18th, um, that I would preach my last sermon here at uh, True Vine Wiss. October the 17th, we're having an open house party uh, from 12 to 8. Uh, right? Yes. From 12 to 8. And uh, come by and eat your feelings with us uh, in good True Vine style. Um, so I just want to just thank you guys just to for loving our family, for your friendship, for being good neighbors, for supporting us throughout the years, uh, for babysitting our kids, for laughing at my corny jokes, uh, for feeding me, of course, I didn't need much of that, um, for serving our church, and for allowing us to serve you as your pastors. We love you guys, and, and, it, and it hasn't been easy at all. So Jim's going to take it from here, and, and then we'll go from there. All right. I'm sure that's not what they need right now. Uh, well, um, so I just want to tell you a little bit about what the future holds. I imagine that some of you are in the midst of sadness and also curiosity. Okay, all right. You are particularly? All right. Well, <laughs> uh, grieving him. That's what we're doing. Um, there, this is going to affect the church in five five ways, or maybe I should say we have a five, five point response to this. All right. Um, I mean, they, they told me this a little over a month ago, so I've had a little bit of time to think about this, pray about this. Our governing board's known for a little over a month. So we've had a little bit of time to uh, think and pray about this. So the first thing is that Truvine is going to remain one church with two campuses. All right. We're not going to change the structure in a large way. Uh, I'll explain a little bit about that. Tyson Ave is doing very well right now. Uh, you know, there's over 70 people involved in that campus um, from the original 30 that, that started about a year and a half ago. Uh, so we're not going to pull the rug out from Tyson Ave because of a situation like this, and uh, we will not be changing anything there. And, of course, we have a good thing going over here. So why would we ever want to stop two good things, right? So we'll be staying one church with two campuses and uh, 
praying that we continue to grow in both places. Is that good? Okay, good. Uh, point number two. Um, I will be splitting my time 50-50 between both campuses. So whether you like it or not, you will be seeing a little more of me. On, okay. Two, yeah. Well, I'm happy to see more of you. Uh, as much as I am sad to see Luis and Melissa and their kids go, I am also very happy to get to preach more. That's a little selfish, but... Um, I'm happy to see you guys on Sundays and, uh, I mean, I'm here anyway, every week, you know, I just come for the coffee mostly, but, uh, so I'll be preaching most weeks in both places. Uh, you guys have heard me preach. I preached the last two weeks. So if you didn't like that, you know, October 25th, you probably start need to start looking elsewhere, I guess, but. Uh, that's how that's going to go. I will be splitting my time 50-50 between both campuses. I'll be focusing on teaching, developing prayer, developing leaders, and casting the vision for the church. All right, so if you need to know, like, how to work the church copier, that's not one of those four things I just mentioned. You're going to have to find someone else to help you with that. That's number two. Number three, we will at some point be hiring someone else to fill, uh, to try to fill Luis's shoes. In the natural, his shoes are very small, but in the social and spiritual sense, he has large shoes to be filled. So we will be at some point hiring someone. We are not anywhere near that right now. We probably won't even start looking till January. You know, the holidays is not a great time to be looking for that kind of stuff. There is a pretty good chance that person will be part-time, however. Uh, that's just the situation we're in, and that's the move we're going to need to make. But there will be someone at some point who will live right in that house and who will dedicate their efforts and energy to uh, the neighborhood of Wissanomi. Okay? So you're just going to have to be patient with us. We're going to get there, and you guys will be part of that process of figuring that out. Uh, you know, that's how that's going to work. We will also be simple. Number four, we will be simplifying the structure of the church a little bit in that we'll be emphasizing the discipleship groups even more. OK, uh, we really want people to get into a discipleship group because that is where a lot of your smaller, more intimate discipleship is going to take place. So we're really going to be emphasizing those encouraging people to join a discipleship group because that's where a lot of the, the lot, a lot of the energy of uh, discipleship is going to take place. There is one fifth part to the plan. Uh, I think that the, we're not going to hire someone to come in and do all the work. All right? So the fifth part of this plan is what you're looking at right now. All right? We're not going to hire someone to come in and do everything. I'm not going to come do everything. If stuff doesn't get done, it's going to be because the ownership level didn't get it done. And so you are an important part of moving this church into the next season. You got that? All right. We are... We are not 
going to hire a religious professional or a religious mercenary to come carry out certain tasks. We are a community of faith. We will be essentially bringing someone into the community, but really this is, many of you are going to have to step up and you're going to have opportunities to step up. And uh, some of you are going to step into a void that is left uh, by Luis and Melissa moving. And that's, as, ha- as hard as that is to swallow, and as tough as that is, that is the way things work in the kingdom. Um, leaders step into voids. Leaders step into vacuums. And we're about to experience a vacuum for a while. So, uh, those, that's really the plan. I mean, I don't have too, too much else to it. Um, you know, I'm... I have had five weeks to process this information. So if you're wondering why I'm not crying, it's because I was crying 35 days ago. I've had five weeks to think about the future, and I want to give you guys time to cry and process this, but I am very optimistic about the future. I'm excited for the future. You know, as Luis said, it, it is a change of seasons. It's a transition of seasons. And in the six years that this church has been alive, we've always stepped up. Every time. Um, There's really no reason this church should even be in existence other than the Holy Spirit activating people to step up. And Jesus making sure he gets the glory that he's due in our neighborhood and in the neighborhoods that we're in. So, if you have questions about how this is going to impact the church... Catch me, I mean, anytime, today, tomorrow, next week, you know, whatever. If you have questions about Luis and Melissa's transition, I would encourage you to go catch them. Um, They're going to be at least on staff till October 18th. So you still have three, at least three weeks. And then they are not necessarily moving out after that. They have a little extra time that they'll be living in the neighborhood, just not working at the church. That'll, of course, depend on how things go at these churches that they visit. But if you have questions about the church, I would be more than happy to answer those. If you have questions about Luis and Melissa, Luis and Melissa would be the best people to talk to about that. Uh, As we close up, I'm going to ask Courtney to come up and and lead us, but we want to pray for them uh, specifically. You know, they're not leaving today, okay? This is not the last time you're going to see them. They won't be here next Sunday because they'll be visiting a church, but they will be back on the 11th and the 18th, and then they live right there. Um, so would you guys mind coming up and stand just right about here? And then I want to invite anyone that would like to come up and circle around them and lay hands on them, you know, Christian hands. I know that for many of you right now, it's pretty quick to be uh, optimistic and thinking about the future, but we want to get to the place where we can bless them. So if you can, uh, if anyone would like to pray out, we want to bless them. All right. They're going, I mean, they're moving They're They got to pack up their house, move three kids, a dog, all this stuff. So we want to pray for them, bless them. Uh, so anyone that would like to go ahead and pray out loud.
right, so we're gonna sing Great is Thy Faithfulness all together here.
right, so just a few things as we wrap up. Um, number one, Tyson Ab doesn't know this yet. They will find out in a little bit. Please don't post anything on Facebook or anything like that. When would be appropriate? Tonight? After five. If you're going to post anything, don't, don't do it right away. Do it after five because uh, we want Tyson Ab to hear it face to face. Luis and Melissa know that they have an open invitation to come back anytime and preach or, uh, you know, whatever they want to do. So uh, they do know that and they'll have that opportunity. Now, the uh, open house that they're having on the 17th, I really want to encourage you to go to that. Um, that is the goodbye party, okay? Um, so put the 17th on your calendar. It's from noon to 8. So... Uh, that's a long time. You can party eight hours or you can drop in uh, when you need to. Oh, so bring some food then. Um, now, when we, uh, when we have the last service on the 18th, we will take time, and also at their, uh, their open house on the 17th, we will take time to thank them, encourage them, uh, you know, say some parting words. But Chico hobbled all the way over here without his cane because he wanted to say something. So I'm going to let him do that because I know what it took to get him here. And uh, so I'm going to let him. He wants to say uh, some stuff to them real quick. Thank you, Jim. Well, y'all got to bear with me. Take your time. Ever since this church opened, Jim and Louise uh, asked me to come here. I haven't been in church in a long while. They used to make jokes of me being the old man here. <laughs> and at first, I didn't know how to take that, you know. Uh, everybody that knows me, um, I had trials and tribulations in my life. I had got my leg taken off. Jim and them came to the came to the hospital, you know, and uh, he told me to be all right. I was I ain't gonna tell no fib. Um, I was mad at God because He took my leg, but they helped me. Louis, Louis, with his big stuff, we used to come out and play basketball for you know. I got my leg taken off. We used to have fun, water fights and stuff like that, you know, on Marsden Street. He came to be a good Christian to me. He made me learn what Christian, what Christian is, you know what I'm saying? He was like, and he still is, my brother. Although I'm a little old, I used to say he's the oldest because he would tell me things that I did not know, you know what I'm saying? And everybody that knows me, I don't talk that much. I just stay in the background. But me and my wife, she, she don't speak, so she say, I should say something. I am trying. And may God bless you, brother. May God bless you. <laughs> Thank y'all. 
So you guys will have opportunities. I mean, you have weeks, actually, many opportunities to thank them, tell them what they've meant to you. I encourage you to put some stuff down on paper for them um, so that they can take it with them and remember it. And uh, as I said, now, next week is our anniversary service. Considering the circumstances, I really think it would be great if you were here. Because we're going through a transition and we're going to review the previous six years. You know, the, the timing for that is very important. So I really would encourage you to be here for that uh, so that we can dis discern together what the future holds. Okay? All right, so I want to pray for us. Uh, you can be praying for us. We're about to go to Tyson Ave uh, and explain everything to them. So I just want to pray for us and, uh, and then dismiss. Jesus, I thank you for the love and the affection that filled the room just the last couple minutes. Um, that while this was a surprise um, and it's sad, I thank you that the response was one of love and that it's clear uh, how you have knit people together over the last couple years, what you've done in this community, uh, what you've done in this church, Lord. And so I pray that that affection for one another and that love would continue over the next couple of weeks and even after uh, Luis and Melissa and the kids have moved. And I pray, Lord, that you would increase that level of affection in our church, Lord, that we would feel that way about every, uh, every person in the room. Um, so, Lord, as you teach us about what it means to have authentic relationships, would you keep this in the front of our minds? And I pray that, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. Make sure you're here the next couple weeks. All right. Thank you very much.